It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Tuesday episode of Locked on Raptors, we dig into the downsides, the potential ones at least, of a Kevin Durant trade for the Raptors. We're all very excited about the idea of KD coming to Toronto, but what would it cost in terms of players going out and also culture and sort of what the Raptors have kind of built themselves around of the last few years here? Is it worth the price? We'll talk about that with Katie Hinda, who wrote a wonderful piece about this very thing over at Don. We will also dig into the Raptors' Summer League roster which was announced yesterday which includes one very disappointing addition in addition to some fun interesting players we'll get to all of that on today's show with katie heindel thanks for being here oh like because when i shot i expected to make it so like i don't shoot kind of miss you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1209 of Locked on Raptors for Tuesday, July the 5th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors. And you can follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast for free on all your favorite audio apps. You can also go and subscribe to the show in video form on YouTube. Lots of folks been jumping over to YouTube the last few days. Very much appreciate all of those folks. And uh, keep on... The, having the subscribers coming, baby. It's a big red button. You can't miss it when you go to the Locked On Raptors YouTube channel, and it's uh, the easiest way to support the show for the low, low price of free. There's, there's no cost to it. You just help a brother out. That's amazing. Uh, all right. On today's show, we are going to talk about Kevin Durant again as we continue KD Five Ways Week, uh, digging into all the different angles of a potential Kevin Durant trade to the Raptors. It seems like this thing's going to drag, so it might become KD 10 ways, 15 ways. Who the hell knows? Uh, but we're going to dig into the potential downsides of what a KD trade could look like, uh, you know, just in terms of culture and feelings and all of that stuff. And to talk about all that stuff, in addition to the Raptors Summer League roster, as she is set to head to Vegas, I believe tomorrow night, it is Katie Heindel from Dime Basketball Feelings. Katie, how's it going? I'm good, man. Just got home from the pool, so I got the hat, the hat going on. Um but I'm good. I'm excited. Yes, I am headed to Vegas tomorrow night. Excellent. Um, yeah, to get immersed in all things summer league, the chaos, <laughs> the chaos and wonderful feelings of it. Um, yeah, I'm good. That's great. What's your uh, what are you most excited about about summer league this year, Katie? I know you went last mm-hmm. year when it was sort of like uh, mm-hmm. weird. I mean, it's still weird COVID times, but uh, you know, America cares less about it now, I suppose. Well, where are you at with uh, like your level of excitement? What are you most excited to do and or see? 
I'm pretty excited. Um, I think I'm a little bit, I'm, I'll have to feel it out as soon as I get there. Do you know what I mean? Just to see like, sure. okay, yeah, this place is post COVID in their brains, but is it like, <laughs> you know, how post COVID are we talking? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm bringing my mask. So we'll see. There you go. Um, I'm excited to, uh, just to like, kind of see, I'll, like see the, the rookies that we saw go in the draft. I have a couple stories cooking, uh, on a couple of them with different teams. Um, not the Raptors, but I will be working, uh, to, to write some stories on the Raptors while I'm there as well. Um, I, I think this year, like there's less of a focus in terms of, I know like last year it was all Scotty Barnes, you know, and, yeah. and that yeah. kind of excitement, but I sort of like, uh, years like this when, you don't really know and you kind of go and you like spend the first couple of days just immersing yourself in it and, and watching like way too much basketball <laughs> all day long, you know, yeah. in like the weirdest place on earth. Uh, and then storylines start to emerge, you know, and excitement starts to come out of that. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. I guess I hope it's not a cop out to say the energy of it, but I yeah. think if you've been to summer league, then you understand that that's a very real thing, kind of an unhinged energy, but it's there. Yeah, I uh, still have yet to make it to Summer League. I'm hoping next year will be the year. I wanted to do this year, but we had to move our wedding back and going to yeah, Vegas and also married. having a wedding within the you same can't. month felt irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll get married this year and then I'll go and spend all my money at the Golden Nugget Casino with our pals Joey and Sean from Round Ball Rock as they try to take Tillman Fertina's money next year. Go listen to Round Ball Rock if you don't understand that reference. It's the best podcast. All right. Katie, we're going to talk about Summer League at the end of the show, dig into the roster that was announced yesterday, including one very disappointing addition, uh, which sucks, but that will be at the back part of the show. Right now, we're going to dig into Kevin Durant, as uh, you know, we're wont to do in these parts. It's good for business that Kevin Durant and the whole thing is still kind of hanging over everybody's heads. And, you know, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of excitement about the idea of Katie on the Raptors. And for good reasons. Katie is very good at basketball and would make the Raptors an instant contender. No doubt about it. Re basically, regardless of what the return is, he's that good. And the Raptors would have enough left over behind that. I think the basketball argument for it is pretty hard to argue against, even in the case of like Scotty Barnes going the other way. Like, again, I don't begrudge anyone who doesn't want to trade Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant. I don't want to trade Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant. But I also understand that, you know, the return and getting Kevin Durant and pairing him with two all-stars and Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam and OG and whoever else you got, that's a pretty darn good basketball team that could go and win the title next season. So the basketball arguments are pretty clear. Where I start to waver a little bit, Katie, is sort of the feelings side of things, which is why you're on today's podcast. You are, of course, our feelings correspondent. And it's sort of like a, a bigger picture question about like the culture the Raptors have built. And you wrote a great piece about this over at Dime uh, entitled, Would Toronto Forfeit Its Future to Get Kevin Durant Right Now? Uh, kind of making the case against going all in for Kevin Durant. I, I guess for those who haven't read the piece, which you should, it'll be linked in the piece or in the details below if you want to pause right now and go read the piece. But Katie, what's your sort of overall takeaway on the idea of going after Kevin Durant? What's your argument against it? Why are you sort of on the side of, eh, maybe this isn't the one for the Raptors? Yeah, I think the preface of wanting to write something like that spun from a larger, like from actually not a large thought, a very small thought, which was mm -hmm. just like, what is the logic uh, in giving up potentially half your roster if yeah. you are keeping Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant? and then mm -hmm. scrambling essentially 
to fill those spots by the end of summer, you know, with like mm -hmm. not that much wiggle room, sure. whether in terms of like money or even fit, like fit is what concerned me most. Mm -hmm. um, that just didn't actually make logical sense to me. That seemed actually kind of like a manic decision. And that's not <laughs> something that, you know, we actually know Masai Ujiri to operate in, in that way. And I think sure. as I saw sort of like the conversations from um, US media, you know, pundits kind of spin out around this this idea that, well, Masai's done it once before. And like, he's, you know, he's got like, <laughs> he's he's confident enough. I won't, I won't be say like the rude term, but like he's confident enough to pull the trigger <laughs> right on a trade like that because he's done it once before. But to sure. me, like that's really not like the conditions were so different for the yeah. team that ended up getting Kawhi um, than this Raptors team that I, the you can't actually make a strong comparison to that. Like, and I, I touched on that in this, in the piece too, like that Raptors team with Kawhi was so deep already. And you just, you gave up Jakob Pertl. And DeMar DeRozan, yeah. which, yes, at the time, cultural cornerstone of the franchise, absolutely. But it didn't necessarily affect the gameplay that much. And it was an easy fit because you still had Kyle Lowry on the team who was there to basically, like, make it his job to make it an easy fit. Um, and you got and, Danny Green, too. That should be yes, noted sorry, as well. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we had Danny Green, which was, like, yeah. great, right? What a good shooter. Definitely. Perfect like, fit on any team he's yes, ever played on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, definitely came in when you needed him. Um, just like optimal kind of role player knows exactly what he needs to do when he needs to do it. So that was a lot different. And even, you know, like the comparisons of like, well, KD could still request a trade because like, you can't look at his track record in the last few seasons and be that comfortable, right? Sure. Like giving it all up for someone who like might still just decide to walk away. And we also knew that that was a very likely outcome and is what happened with Kawhi Leonard, but it still felt this still feels riskier than that Kawhi trade. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like that definitely felt cleaner. Nothing about this really feels that way. And I just, I, again, I didn't really like the argument that just because someone has done something once and shown that they're capable of making like a very important decision when the pressure's on them means that that's like their fallback across the board because it's very illogical. And again, Masai Ujiri is an incredibly logical person. Yeah, I, the whole comparing that trade to this one potentially is—it doesn't make any sense. Like mm -hmm. it's entirely different. The Raptors were at an entirely entirely different spot in their life cycle. They had just gotten swept two years in a row against the Cavs, lost to the Cavs three years in a row outright, and. Yeah, it just it, it was time for them to shake things up. And it was at the point where they were probably a year away from having to blow it up anyway, had things gone a different direction, had they kept around DeMar, you know, the contract situations with Kyle and, and DeMar mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Like it was just it was always going to be, uh, you know, kind of winding down in that case. And that's just not where the Raptors are. And I would also say, like, had the Kawhi trade required four picks going out i don't know if the raptors end up pulling it off because of the risk that was involved but because there was only one pick that went out you know immediately in that year where you were going to have Kawhi freaking leonard on your team that made it so there wasn't really all that much downside sure you lose out on keldon johnson but i don't think anyone's losing sleep over that with a ring on their finger and so yeah it's wholly different i am a little less concerned about the possibility of kd like wanting out again just because i think the raptors have proven they can sort of put a winner around a guy and you know sort of once you get guys in toronto they tend to love it and you know Kawhi, i think is more the exception 
direction than the rule over the last 10 years. And that was sort of his destination was telegraphed for like three years before the Raptors even got mm-hmm. him. They had to know that was a possibility. With KD, like I think there's a good enough basketball environment that a guy like him, who is a noted hooper, who just wants to play ball, uh, you know, and not have the noise around him, I feel like he could get on board. And guys like Fred and Pascal, kind of being around, assuming they're left over after a hypothetical trade, I think would probably help that sort of, uh, you know, uh, bringing him into the loop and having him want to be part of it long term. So yeah, it's entirely different. You know, the the concept of giving up. All of your picks and potentially Scotty Barnes is just a way bigger thing to grapple with for the front office than giving up to Marta Rose and Yaka Pertle in a first round pick. Like it's just it's apples to oranges. So mm-hmm. we should probably stop with that comparison. There was something about that trade, though, that did feel a little ghoulish, right? It was giving up DeMar DeRozan for the possibility of Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, people talked about how that maybe you know, that that DeMar is never going to have the same relationship with Masai again after that, right? There was a little bit of a burning of a bridge there. And I want to get into that in the next segment, the idea of the Raptors kind of becoming this team that is always just sort of storing guys to then trade them for superstars. And whether you want to be in that business, we're going to get to that in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Arcade 1-Up Boom Shakalaka. They've got big news. The one, the only NBA Jam is back in Arcade 1-Up, the leader in at-home retro arcade games is not only bringing the best game ever back but they made it bigger and better than ever with a wait for it shack edition machine that is right we love NBA Jam in these parts. I love sports video games. The more NBA Jamified, the better. No fouls, no free throws, no quarters required. And you compete with friends and family through their all-new Wi-Fi leaderboards. There's nothing better than beating your friends at video games. And now you can do it with Arcade 1-Up and their Shaq Edition NBA Jam machine. Pre-order right now from Arcade1Up.com. That's Arcade1Up.com for an estimated early September ship date. Arcade 1-Up is the place for fun. And they've got even more classes like Golden Tee, more combat and more starting at just 399 bucks and as well we are giving away three free shack edition nba jam machines to locked on listeners enter for a chance to win a game console for your room of choice whether you want it in your kitchen your bathroom who cares put it wherever you want arcade one up.com slash locked on that's arcade the number one up.com slash locked on and you've got till july 8th to enter to win an nba jam shack edition console that is again arcade the number one up.com slash locked on to enter and uh, don't miss out on your chance to win yourself an nba jam shack edition machine hey guys it's walker mail host of the locked on hornets podcast and being around sports media and a fan of the hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience what if the seahawks let marshawn run on the one yard line with the super bowl on the line Or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. 
All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day, continuing the chat about the downsides of a potential KD trade. Uh, so we've dug into the risk. It's, there's a lot of risk involved in a KD trade compared to, uh, you know, the, the Kawhi trade, for example, if you want to use that comparison point. There's a lot of risk compared to any trade, considering the picks that would have to go out, that Kevin Durant is 34 years old with an injury history, and all of that that goes into it. There's also kind of the emotional side of things, and I think this is a very delicate ground for any front office to try to grapple with. Obviously, the main goal of any front office is to win championships, and I think you know most of them kind of operate with that set goal in mind, and they at times have to be a little emotionless, a little steely, and make moves that potentially people are going to be upset with in the interest of long-term gain. And I think you could say that was definitely the case about the Kawhi trade. You could probably say it's even more the case about this potential KD trade because Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam are kind of the two guys, obviously OG and Gary Trent Jr. as well. But I feel like there's a lot more emotional heft behind the guys like Barnes and Siakam who could potentially go out here. And you run the risk if you're the Raptors. Three years after trading, your franchise icon who loved it in Toronto, only wanted to be in Toronto for Kawhi Leonard going ahead and doing something else and trading another franchise icon or a budding franchise icon in the place in, in, in the form of Scotty Barnes for a guy in KD who you don't know if he actually wants to be here. The Raptors were not on his main list. Again, I feel like he'd probably be pretty amenable, but still uncertain. And there's no clear guarantee you're going to go and win a championship because you'd have to gut part of the team to go and bring him in. I still think they'd be quite good, but I totally see the arguments for maybe they don't quite have enough as the Eastern Conference continues to load up and be very very good so katie what are your thoughts on the idea of the raptors kind of becoming this team that has to go and make these sort of big splashy trades that probably make some people upset in order to kind of build their team they're not a free agent destination so it might be the best way to go about it but if you're the raptors do you really want to be in the business of kind of always being in the position where you're just preparing guys to then be traded off when a superstar becomes disgruntled well, that's kind of what I touched on uh, in the piece for a dime, which is mm -hmm. the Raptors have to be in this business. Like they have to get in the mix and they are a team uh, that likes to get in the mix of trade talks, even if they have no intention of seeing those through. Because when you are not a free agent destination, as you touched on, and when you are still considered um, and like you really only need to look as far as this new cycle right around free agency and the Kevin Durant rumors um, when you are still considered an outlier franchise within mm -hmm. the NBA, you have to do what you can to to raise the optics in your favor, basically, you know, and kind of show up and be aggressive and be a competitor um, when you need to be. And I think Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster understand that. Um, so that's part of it. Um, part of it, yeah, when you don't have like free agents coming to you willingly, what's the best way to land a superstar, right? And like also just like a generational kind of superstar. You had yeah. that with Kawhi Leonard. You have the opportunity to do that again with Kevin Durant. I understand that. Like you, you sometimes need to move in NBA terms, like whatever heaven and earth is, I guess like Scotty and Pascal, <laughs> to make that happen for yourself. Like you kind of need to make your own luck because it's not just going to really fall in your favor at sure. this moment it kind of goes against what masai ujiri himself outlined as like the next steps for this team to take and mm -hmm. i get it when he made 
that like when he said that that was in a presser right before the season started um and i was there but like when he made that big speech very much like i like everybody i believed him like i believed him i i genuinely think that's what they wanted to do like build this team through development um that was like the road to another championship they were going to kind of try and do this homegrown thing kevin durant wasn't in the mix at that time right like you're, you're framing your future based on the everything you know to have in your hands. And at that time, it wasn't like the opportunity of Kevin Durant. So mm-hmm. I get it. But to your point, yeah, you do also then run the risk of becoming the franchise that trades away like at the at the best like opportunity, some of your core players mm-hmm. and that no one is really safe, even if they've come up, you know, as as like um, Pascal fred and og have like they've come up with the franchise mm-hmm. you know like they've found their feet here i would say if i try and find a silver lining for it and I'm, again i'm not arguing for it because i don't think it's worth it but that you also then think okay these three core players uh in fred pascal and og have developed to a point where like they are really incredible players and like mm-hmm. they did that in Toronto and you feel confident that wherever they went next, if they go somewhere next, they're just going to get better, you know, and you're right. kind of handing them an opportunity to like add another tier to their career by doing that. That does happen. That happened with DeMar DeRozan, right? When he left Toronto. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so there's that argument too. Granted, that's like, you can't predict the future. So you don't know what's going to happen to those guys once they get outside of Toronto and Toronto system and where they might find a fit on another NBA team. Um, and then, yeah, like kind of nipping the bud of Scotty Barnes at this point when you've when you've seen like the leaps and bounds that he developed this season and yeah. just like how how much more joyful. Like when you look at the Tampa season. He's so damn likable, Katie. Yeah, it's like, unbelievable. It, it, it's really just like the opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum. And I yeah. think like it's definitely what the franchise needed um, in terms of a bounce back. And you can like really credit, like you can give most of the credit to just like Scotty Barnes being himself. Yeah. Um, and then if you're <laughs> kind of willing to to throw him in in a trade deal to get Kevin Durant, who is just like a very singular personality, let's say, right? <laughs> like does not emote to that degree. Um, yeah. Would yeah. is a phenomenal phenomenal basketball player great but, poster as well that, that can't be uh yeah <laughs> to a degree right i'm sure some people would argue with that but less to post yeah um but yeah like it's just uh you're handing over a future version of mm-hmm. the team in that case the future version that you outlined and you said this is the this is the direction we're heading in for mm-hmm. a completely other future version and we haven't even talked about like the option of giving up picks right like first round picks for the next three years so then you are also undercutting yourself even further in terms of development and like getting back here again you're not going to be yeah. back here again for a long time is that worth a title to some people absolutely and i would say Masai is such a competitive gm mm-hmm. that i that's why it's like that's why none of this is off the table that's why it's all still a possibility is that yeah. like yeah he has like bigger aspirations in terms of growing the imprint of even basketball in Canada, but also like his aspirations can still be honed and fairly direct when he needs them to be, which is, well, let's actually go and try and win a title again. Yeah. 
So and I mean, I guess, yeah, if it ends up that you win titles every time you make one of these crazy big trades, then mm -hmm. you're probably never going to really see the downside effects of, you know, being the team that trades away all your beloved players for stars and ghoulish maneuvers just because, hey, like, you know, as our, our friend Brian Windhorst, the very famous meme himself, always says, winning a championship means never having to apologize or whatever he says. And like, there's a lot of truth to that. But there's no guarantee you do go win a championship if you go get Kevin Durant. And, you know, I, I feel like Raptors fans might be kind of, I don't know, trained to just assume these deals lead to titles because it works so perfectly the first time. There's no saying it will the next time around. Mm -hmm. And the NBA is a very hard league to win in. And there's lots of really good teams out there with lots of depth and star power. Yeah. And I mean, it's just a Nets, very competitive landscape. This season, a great example. Uh-huh. Right? Yup. Yeah, like of what you think is a guarantee just being a non-starter. Yeah. In fairness, I think the Raptors would have less of a noxious personality stew than that Nets team did. But sure. it's, uh, yeah, it's hard but to balance, But in terms man. of conditions, yeah. right? When you think yeah. of the conditions, we always talk about the conditions it takes to win a title and timing and luck and health and, and everything yeah. like that. Um, there's no guarantees. Totally. And, and I also think, you know... Maybe I'm just a mark, and I'm like, well, they won in 2019. I could die happy. They don't need to win another title. But also, like, they won in 2019. That should give a little bit of a grace period here for something that's not full-on title window contention. And I think there's mm -hmm. an argument just as, like, a fan for wanting to root for this team as it exists, the team that was super fun last season, put together maybe the most fun regular season the team's had. Um, you know, I guess 2019-20's in there, although it got cut short by COVID, so I don't really know how you classify it. But, like, one of the three best regular seasons of the last 15, 20 years of Raptors basketball, like, that happened just last year, and we didn't even really get to see that team together for more than, like, 15 total games with everybody mm -hmm. on the floor. So there's a lot of growth to still to be done. There's lots of really fun and interesting and sort of low stakes, non-title contention window basketball to watch. And I feel like you're kind of almost depriving yourself a little bit of like the fun of watching the growth curve. If you just go and kind of skip to the end, you hop in the Mario pipe that takes you to the final world and you have Kevin Durant on your team. Like there's obviously merit to that as well. And I, mm -hmm. again, I don't tell anyone how to be a fan. And if you are just titles all the time, then good for you. I just kind of think that's a bit of a joyless way to watch basketball. And I would rather, I think, watch a team that can kind of do the slow build. That said, like if they can make this deal happen for like OG and Gary and like picks, I'm probably in just because I think it's too good to pass up and you kind of get the best of both worlds, keeping Scotty in the long term, hope that he kind of carries and then bringing in KD. So it's not like I'm a don't trade for Kevin Durant guy. I'm just a don't give all the stuff for Kevin Durant guy because it's not necessary at the moment they're not under any you know franchise duress they're in a very good spot and they're kind of at the early part of their window where it doesn't feel like it's all that necessary and maybe there's another superstar who comes along in two years who you're happy you kept your powder dry for you know, that could happen as well too um any last parting shots here on this katie before we move to a little bit of summer league talk um no other than like i still i've like gone back and forth on it you know since writing that story um mm -hmm. watching the news obviously watching toronto creep up in vegas odds and i still don't necessarily have a good sense right like and i think yeah. that just that just speaks more to the way that uh webster and ujiri run this franchise mm -hmm. um so yeah, I don't really know what's gonna happen. If anything happens, it will probably be, it's gotta be like a multi-team 
deal situation. Yeah, it's too much of a mess for. Uh, um, which, <laughs> and there's yeah. just how do the Nets get proper value from one single team for Kevin Durant? Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. also like the thing that they have to kind this of. This also is a well. is a bad free agency in the sense that a lot of the trades have been, I feel, quite lopsided, and they haven't mm. necessarily set a great precedent. Um, yeah. and I think you know, damn you, Rudy. Josai <laughs> is like a very scorned owner right now and he's not gonna you know what i mean like he's backed into a corner um Mm -hmm. so again like i don't think he's just like gonna give give this up this guy up for like a whistle and a song or that's not the saying but like you know (laughs) a wink and a song whistle whistle and a song are the same thing um Yeah. yeah but like there's a lot stacked against toronto and getting the kind of deal that toronto likes to get if I feel confident about one thing, I know we've just talked about the concept of trading Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant. I'll say this. I said it yesterday. I don't think they're trading Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant. I feel like that Michael Grange report that they're you know doing everything they can to keep him off the table, I think that holds water. And it just, it, it does not feel Raptors-y to me to make that sort of short-term play when there's a guy who clearly loves it in Toronto, is already like a beloved figure after just one year. He's riding around on scooters and shoppers drug marts like... That dude is someone I think the Raptors are going to want to keep around, and I would be pretty floored if they put him on the table in a deal for KD. So I feel like people can rest easy on that one. You know, anything can happen, but but it just feels like... You know who else left Toronto. Yes. DeMar DeRozan. (laughs) We love DeMar DeRozan. He was not Scotty Barnes. Uh, At least, you know, didn't have the capacity to be what Scotty Barnes can be one day. Sure. Uh, He also wasn't riding on scooters and shoppers drug marts. All right, Katie. Uh I mean, scooters weren't (laughs) at the precipice at that time. Also, he was he was a grown man. You know, Scotty. That's fair. Uh, (laughs) We're going to wrap up the Katie talk for today right there. Uh, Tomorrow we'll continue it because Will Lou's going to pop on the show. We're going to talk about the opposite side of this. Why you trade everything for Kevin Durant. (laughs) Again, it's KD five ways week. I'm not kidding. Uh, But we're going to talk about Summer League and the roster that was announced in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built dot com who are making the best tasting protein bars in the whole wide world and they have the brand new return it's not the brand new return it's a that old classic favorite that is returned it's coconut brownie chunk but it's in puff form i've talked about the puffs here they're marshmallowy they're delicious they're covered in 100 real chocolate and they're good for you as well they're not loaded with too much sugar they're low calorie low sugar high protein all delicious and the coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time go to built.com now make sure you don't miss out they are going to fast because they taste fantastic uh all built bars are made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently as well and provides tons of health benefits eat something that tastes good and is good for you it feels like you're indulging because it's sweet and delectable but it is in fact good for you and not like a typical candy bar where you're just getting a whole bunch of crap that you don't need you get delicious coconut rich sweet brownie creamy marshmallows stop fantasizing get to built.com order your box of coconut brownie chunk puffs right now go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your coconut brownie chunk puffs. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Katie, I'm pretty impressed with the my ability to say coconut brownie chunk puff a bunch of, a bunch of times in a row without screwing up. It was a bit of yeah, a tongue you did twister, well. but you did well. I'm just very good at talking, Katie. I'm just so good at it. Uh, all right, let's uh, shall we take a look now at the Toronto Raptors summer league roster that was announced. I had the tab open, then and I closed it because I am very bad at uh, keeping things open that I need. Uh, where's Blake Murphy? Here we go. I know Blake tweeted it out yesterday. Blake is mm -hmm. our trusty fellow mm -hmm. and. And here we go. The Toronto Raptors have released their Summer League roster. It features, this is from last year. Oh, my goodness. Give me a didn't second you get, here. Did you get the email? I can pull <laughs> oh, it up. Oh, I did get the email. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah we got the email. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's okay. I found it here. Perfect. Okay, so the Toronto Raptors Summer League roster includes Delano Banton, Armani Brooks, Justin, Sam Justin Champagny, Ron Harper Jr., David Johnson, Christian Coloco, DJ Wilson, those are kind of the familiar names in Raptors lore, at least in recent Raptors lore. There's a few other guys, a few I've never heard of, but there is one guy on this team, Katie, who I think we have to talk about because it's really disappointing, and that is Rodion's Kuruks, who, uh, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of basketball players out there looking for a shot at NBA Summer League, and for some reason, the Raptors opted to bring in Rodion's Kuruks, who is A, not very good at basketball, and B, and far more importantly, uh, has a history of domestic violence, which just is a huge, wildly unforced error, it feels like, by the Raptors here. What are your thoughts on the Rodion's Kuruks thing, Katie? Uh, yeah, it's wildly disheartening. I think it's incredibly tone deaf, given uh, everything that's going on with Miles Bridges right now. Yeah. I also think it's incredibly tone deaf, given the organization's history with domestic assault, uh, specifically with the Terrence Davis situation. Um, James Johnson, too. James Johnson, too. Uh, Kay Felder with the 905. Mm -hmm. There have been like there is a history uh, and there's a history of, you know, hoping that when it serves it serves and this isn't just true of the raptors unfortunately this is true of most uh sports teams and nba yep. franchises certainly of um when it serves a team and it seems kind of a low impact like low optics can we can we make this can we just kind of sneak this in and make it work we'll do it mm -hmm. um but it's a like it's a, also a complete misfit stylistically i don't yeah. really understand uh asking Corrects to like take a very valuable roster spot. I saw some people commenting yesterday, though I tried not to delve into like the quagmire of responses. But I will say I was actually quite heartened to see most people waving a bit of a red flag about this. Not a bit. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of people being like, this feels so wholly wrong. And like, what's this guy's name doing on this roster? But yeah. some people did say, oh, it's Summer League. Like, who cares? But when you think about the pathway that Summer League represents to so mm -hmm. many different players who this is their only shot, like this might be their only shot to get in front of scouts uh, and agents and teams to try and make a way into the mm -hmm. NBA or like into the G League. It's incredibly valuable of an opportunity. And like you can't 
Like, I don't want to undercut that whatsoever. And totally. that's why it feels even more glaring to me to offer someone like Kurex a spot who like just basically hopscotched overseas for a season. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe to have the optics of like his very violent, like go back and like read like you know, it was a very, very violent assault. And yes, I think a thing to which he pled guilty, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was, he was charged with a more of a misdemeanor yeah. crime in the end. Um, and he did serve what, sit like a couple weeks i think of like domestic violence courses uh, like there, there was like a 16 week domestic yeah, violence like i'm scoffing uh, because sort of like i don't program, know yeah. it's yeah. not comparable like it's sure. not comparable to the harm that this guy inflicted um and also just like i remember very clearly in all of his like court appearances the photos that would come out of that him just kind of smirking like he just yeah. does not seem like a good person and i know like i'm not trying to bring it back to 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 that to like personality mm -hmm. fit but also the raptors are very much a personality fit organization and an organization yeah. that tends to pride themselves on you know being good and like kind of like a, a very holistic team from the ground up right yeah. and again then you have these like you have these instances that really do not align with that. Um, so yeah, it's completely disheartening. I think for fans, it's disheartening as a woman who covers this team, you know, mm -hmm. and sees this kind of thing happen time and time again, is like sick and tired of talking about it. But here we are once more, and we have to talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. it it's just, it's just very, it's gross. Gross seems like not strong enough of a word, but that's mm -hmm. the word that's just like, keeps rattling around in my head i was very shocked i was very just shocked like, to see that name on the list there's just like no reason for it no at all like the on-court merits of rodion's kurus don't matter here necessarily but like the raptors roster is pretty much set he's not going to make the team and he's mm -hmm. not been good in the nba in any of his three seasons in the nba like, there's just no reason to bring this guy in, even just as, like, a guy who probably because of his pedigree as a first-round pick who's played in the NBA is probably going to, I would imagine, take up some airtime on this team that other guys could get anyway. It just doesn't mm -hmm. make sense from any angle, and it is really disappointing. And, um, you know, I hope people ask the front office about it in Vegas. Uh, you know, it, it's just very, very silly and doesn't seem like a... It just there's no upside to it. It's like putting your hand in a blender. Like, what are you doing? Like, there's no re like, why are you doing that? There's just like, there's, you're not going to get anything out of this. Mm -hmm. So why? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that sucks. Well, quick notes on a couple other guys on this team. Uh, one note I want to kind of share as a personal one, Christian Vital, uh, former Connecticut guard. He's on the team. He plays for the Hamilton Honey Badgers of the CEBL. I've been calling his games all season long. That guy rocks. Uh, he talks a lot. He's very fun. He's got a lot of bravado. I'm very excited to see Christian Vital on this team. Um, he played for the Rio Grande Valley Vipers in the last G League season as well. So G League heads might recognize his name. Uh, but he's been super fun. Four different CEBL guys got summer league jobs this year, which is pretty great. Javon Blair with the Knicks. AJ Lawson, Canadian with the Mavericks. And then uh, the other guy, oh, J Jeremiah Tillman Jr. with the Magic. He also plays for Hamilton with Christian Vital, which is cool. Um, those, that's my sort of big takeaway because I'm a CBL freak. Katie, anyone <laughs> you're particularly interested, excited to watch on this team? Uh, I'm excited to watch the new guys. I want to see also Delano again. I feel like he's yeah. the summer league vet. You know, like uh -huh. he was such a, he was like genuinely thrilling to watch last summer league. Just as he basically got his 
legs under him. It felt like for yeah. most games, just basically doing sprints on the court. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes with yeah. the ball, sometimes without. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I'm I'm a bit bummed because I'm the way that my dates overlap. I think I'll only get to actually see one game, so I'm hoping to make mm. some of it up with practices. Um, because they've scheduled, because I guess the Raptors aren't as exciting a summer league team this year. Their games have been scheduled toward the back end right. uh, of, of summer league. But um, no, I'm excited to see this. I'm excited to see like the kind of new coaching staff they put together, to be honest, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how they kind of manage and, and, and decide to like have this team play. If they're going to follow, we talked about this a little bit before we started, but like if they're going to kind of follow a more like prototypic Raptors model, or if they're going to, play to these guys strengths and and do it a little bit of a different way or like maybe mm-hmm. more of a 905 way tbd yeah for sure um i think a few guys who kind of stand out to me dj wilson coming back yeah. is pretty cool um yeah. nice that he gets a shot of course he got hurt last year when he was on his 10 day and playing pretty well for the raptors and so maybe he gets a camp invite maybe he keep competes for like the 15th roster spot with like a fee or something fees you know got a guaranteed contract but they could i think pretty easily cut bait with him if they feel that there's a better fit for that last roster spot there's lots of bigs and large people on the team so maybe wilson doesn't fit in but excited to get a look at him uh you mentioned banton i mean just kind of seeing the growth in his game and how it's kind of come along. He played a lot in the G League last season. He put up crazy numbers in the G League last season. Didn't quite translate to the NBA, but, you know, you always look for the guys who are too good for Summer League, and I kind of think Banton kind of has a chance to be one of those guys because that usually portends pretty good things. Uh, And then the last one for me is Justin Champagny, Katie, Mm -hmm. who has kind of Mm -hmm. been the forgotten man, but I am, like, so far on the Justin Champagny wagon, I am, like, (laughs) convinced he's going to be a rotation player next season. Um, And, you know, they sent him down to the G League, and he just shot, like, nine threes a game and hit 40% of them. That sounds pretty fun to kind of see this sort of new version of Champagny because we kind of stopped seeing him what was it like midway through the season where they had kind of burned through a lot of his days on a two-way and um you know they obviously had guys kind of get healthy and the rotation assemble itself in the back part of the year Thad Young came in took some of those prospective Champagny minutes um so I'm looking forward to seeing Champagny as well any uh last parting shots on summer league Katie before we round this bad boy out uh, I was just going to say that also watching Champagne is so much fun because he just hustles. He just like yeah. speeds everywhere he has to go, you know, like yeah. he's always in a hurry. And I really appreciate that. <laughs> kind of like always on a pogo stick as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like always he jumping just in. in case an offensive <laughs> rebound happens to be at the apex of his jump. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, should be fun. We will obviously keep track of Summer League. If we could check in with you when you're down in Vegas, that would be great. Although I, I know you're going to be living a wild schedule full of lack of sleep and lots of basketball, so I won't force you onto the pod, Katie. But if you are able to pop on, that would be lovely. Uh, I either way, do, I gonna... could do a dispatch. I could maybe, yeah, report some Excellent. things that I'm seeing. We'll see if we can arrange something. Our summer league correspondent, Katie Heindel. Um, with that, we're going to round this one out. Uh, Katie, anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there? Uh, no, what you already did, I will again. But um, the piece that I wrote for Dime on why the Raptors, it's good to lurk but don't touch mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Durant. <laughs> Lurking, um, but don't touch. That's an ominous because, sounding language. <laughs> and because it's still uh, unfortunately very relevant, I wrote a longer feature about, um, this was like centered on the Miles Bridges, mm-hmm. um, domestic assault allegations against Michelle Johnson, but it's relevant again, but why it's important not to center men when we talk yep. about these allegations and the harm that they're inflicting on other people. Yeah, that's a basketball feelings. 
Sorry. Everyone go read the Miles Bridges piece over at Basketball Feelings. Uh, you know, relates very much to the Rodion's Kurix thing we just mm-hmm. talked about as well. So um, if you're one of the people out there who feels compelled to comment, so oh, he's just, he's getting a chance. No, shut up. Uh, read the piece. And uh, you don't need to have an opinion on this that is contrarian. Um, we're going to wrap it there. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can find me at Woodley Sean on Twitter. You can subscribe to the podcast for free on all your favorite podcast audio apps. You can also go to YouTube and subscribe over there. It's very much appreciated when you take the time to do so. And we will leave you there. We'll be back again tomorrow with Will Lou to talk about being ghouls and trading for Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what it takes. That's uh, tomorrow. Yeah, that's to look forward to. And I promised a crossover with the Locked On Nets and Suns guys. Didn't work out scheduling-wise because it was a holiday in the States yesterday. So we're probably going to try to connect on something later in the week. But either way, you got Will Lou to look forward to tomorrow. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked On NBA is there covering all of the Kevin Durant stuff from all various angles over there wonderfully. And we will talk to you again Wednesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.